Okay. Subject on this morning, principles of stewardship. God requires that a steward be found faithful. Amen. And to be found faithful is to do what God has put in your hands to do without taking back. Come on, somebody. You, to be faithful unto God, you got to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the truth. Therefore, the good steward will acknowledge that his position is one of service and not ownership. You got to know that your position is to the service of the Lord. If there is blessing in faithful stewardship, then there is also pearl in poor stewardship. Don't never let God give you something to do and you fail to perform it. Why would he turn around and give you anything else to do? Come on, somebody. A lot of times we get, can't get off of first base because we didn't do what God gave us to do in the first place. And we didn't show God any diligentness to do what he had told us to do. Success in resource management becomes a hindrance to progress when a person fails to obey God's word, follow his principles, and use his plan. See, that's a lot of time that's where we get off track or cross track when God gives us something to do, but we don't want to follow God's plan in getting it done. Amen. Stewardship is the life of a Christian. Everybody ought to have some type of stewardship to the glory of God. After all, what is a stewardship? Except that God has entrusted us life, time, talent, money, possessions, family, and his grace. God has entrusted us with a lot of things. He entrusted us with the children that we have that we'll bring them up in the ammunition of his word. Amen. Why? Because you got to turn around and give them right back to God. Amen. He entrusted us time. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I know that's right. Because we woke up this morning. And we didn't wake up this morning on our own. Come on, somebody. It was by the grace of God. Amen. Those that have talent, God bless you to have talent, to use for his glory. And a lot of times people get crossed up because they take them talents and they use them for themselves and not for the glory of God. 
every believer is responsible and accountable to God to live according to biblical principles as they relate to stewardship. Now, see, a lot of times we think that uh, because we don't hold a position or we don't have some kind of status quo in the church that we are not held accountable for anything. But you held accountable for how you live. That's the first and most important thing that you got to do is you are each and every Christian is held accountable for how they live. Amen. It's according to biblical principles and they relate to stewardship as we will be good stewards of that which God entrusted to us. He will take care of us whatever crisis come to us and of the world. Now, we're talking about a God that felt that he can entrust something in your care. Wow. It'd be sad to let him down. You know, we go, we go through life and we let each other down in many aspects. Husband let wife down, wife let husband down, children let parents down, parents let children down. But guess what? Don't let God down. Come on, somebody. But why? Because he is your source of life. The role of a steward. Stewardship is an individual role and responsibility in managing his life and property regarding the rights of others. It's an individual role. Stewardship is an individual role. Come on, somebody. And guess what? Your principles for stewardship, if you cannot base it off on how somebody else walk, you got to base it off of how you walk. You got to base it off how you serve God. You can't base it off of somebody else's service to God. Come on, somebody. So, in biblical time, this involved managing personal and business affairs for others. God first established the idea of stewardship, and there are numerous examples of stewardship in the scripture. Mankind, which was Adam, as the steward of God's creation, created world, and of his own life was God's first appointment. Now, can you just imagine? Look at this thing right quick. Adam had the first opportunity and the first duty of stewardship over God's creation, and because of Adam's failure to be a good steward over what God had called him to do. It affected the whole world. The whole world fell behind the poor stewardship that God had placed in Adam's hand. So Adam's stewardship turned into sin and then it turned into sin and it affected the whole creation of God. So now that thing that tells us that we got to be careful about what God put in our hands to do. Amen. 
because it don't affect you only, it affects the next generation. Now you see why that the world now is so messed up because the, the, what is passed down from one generation to the next generation and it seems not to be getting any better. Amen. <coughs> you can look in the, at the news and you find shootings every day by young folks. Come on, somebody. Young folks then turn into being old fools. Amen. And it's because of what's been handed down from generation to generation. Amen. It's the principles of how they were raised. So it has an effect. Paul acknowledged that we are stewards of the mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. As guardian and dispenser of God's grace, the Christian believer is a steward and should be both faithful. Number one, you got to be faithful. Number two, you got to know how to use some wisdom. Amen. To be a good steward of Jesus Christ, one should recognize the need to have a servant attitude. A servant attitude. Not to be served, but a servant attitude. A successful steward should exercise wisdom by establishing goals, making correct choices, and implementing timely decisions. We can't keep, anything we're doing with God, we can't keep putting it off. We do that with our own life. We, we, every time we turn around, we, what we were going to do today, we put it off to tomorrow. Come on, somebody. But we can't keep putting off what God would have us do. It was not intended for us to put God off at any time. If God give you something to do, you got to be timely. Because guess what? It's your season. And when your season run out, if you ain't did what you supposed to do, while your season was here, then guess what? You're in trouble. Am I right about that? <coughs> That's a... Uh, Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Kind of puny this morning, but I'm going to do the best I can. Genesis 1, and the verses 26 through 28. So we're going to read all the way through that verse and then we'll talk a little. Are we there? Let's read it, please. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle 
and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female. And God blessed, huh? And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over every living thing that moved upon earth. Adam had a responsibility. And because God made him in his own image, in his own likeness, he was equipped to do anything that God assigned him to do. He had the ability. Can you just imagine that God created you in his likeness so that he can invest his power in you to get things done? Wow. He didn't put it in no animal. He didn't put it in nobody but man. So we have no excuse for our I can't help it. We have no excuse of I can't do it. Come on now. Dominion is the right to govern or rule or determine. You've been given authority and ability to force or influence or grant the authority to manage an estate. Now, look at your own personal life. A lot of you know how to manage your life to the T. Come on, somebody. You know how to get things done in your estate. You know how and when to pay your bills. You know about what you need to do and what you don't. You know about what is too much for you and what's not. So you know how to regulate your life. Am I right about that? So guess what? Why can't we learn how to regulate the life that God has put in us to get things done in the kingdom? Now, you got to move out of your house and move into the kingdom. If you know how to manage your house, you ought to be able to know how to manage the thing that God assigned you to in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Same principles. Amen. You are given power for specified purpose within specified limits. So man was made in God's image and likeness. Man was made a spiritual resemblance, rational and moral, to his maker. Wow. Wow. God could not have made you in his image unless he gave you something that he possessed it. 
Am I right about that? God is a spirit. And they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. So therefore, God had to invest in you his spirit. Come on now. So by that nature of God, we have no excuse of not being able to take authority over the things that God has given us to do. Am I right about that? If you don't do it, it's just because you have became a lazy steward. We always quote the fact that we, he that endured to the end, the same shall be said. Your stewardship don't stop until you die. Did y'all hear that? Mother is the oldest one in here, but she still got to keep going. Amen. Your work for God don't stop until they kick dirt in your face. But you know what the problem is? We take off. <laughs> huh? We take too many vacations on God. Come on now. We decide that we tired so we just ain't going to do it no more. Or they need to find somebody else to do it. But when did God got tired of pulling you out of the situation that you was in? When did he get tired of saving you? When did he get tired of pulling you up out of the mark of the mouth? He never did say, I'm too tired to pull you up today. I'm too, he never did say, Emma, I'm too tired to give you breath of life this morning. Come on, somebody. Amen. We were designed to be a representative, a caretaker yeah. of life and right fellowship with God in obedience. God tell us to do something, we ought to say, Lord, when do you want it done? Amen. So you can get some clarity on what God is saying. Yeah. What God wants you to do, it might not be for right now, but you need to find out is it for right now. God blessed him, meaning man was a sign of function. To be blessed is not only to bestow a gift, but also given the ability for specified assignments. Come on now. If you're going to be, you're going to be on the yard. You do the best, you do the best job you can do on the yard. Because it's God's yard. Come on, somebody. You and I are supposed to make God look good. You're going to be on the door, make God look good on the door. Come on, somebody. Whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly until 
of the Lord. Because that's, guess what? That's where your reward, that's where your wages come from. It is God that's going to pay you. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. And payday can be two ways now. Come on now. It can be a raise. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Come on somebody. Your payday can be up or your payday can be down. Come on now. That's right. So then you enter in to what type of steward you would be. Come on now. A lot of times we don't think stewardship is important because we don't have a position that is center stage. Come on, somebody. But guess what? I been, when I read the book, I, I, I found out that in the book that whatever God had for somebody to do, guess what? The wages was the same. Whether it was something big or whether it was something little, the wages still was the same. You have been thankful over a few. Come on, somebody. Now, that's what God's word. And then he turned around and he said, come on up a little higher. You've been faithful over a few. I'm going to make you ruler over many. And the wages was given to every steward. Make no difference how small or how large the job was. But it was given to faithful stewards. Huh? It was given to faithful people. Come on now. They came hell or high water. They were going to hang with God. Come on, somebody. You know what? We are in a time to where you, your faithfulness with God is always on the test. And we don't realize that we are always being tested on our faithfulness with God. Because guess what? You ain't been through nothing yet. Come on, somebody. You read the book. There's some folks that have been through some stuff and showed their faithfulness to God. Huh? Come on now. Your faithfulness stopped when your big toe started hurting. So you can't make it to church. Your faithfulness stopped when you got an you, you, you extra job and you can get this extra buck. So... Guess what? Your faithfulness stopped. Come on, somebody. But you got to be faithful to God unto death. He is your maker. Come on, somebody. So whatever you're going to do for God, you got to do it now. You got to set your goal. You got to set your priority you got to set yourself up in your mind that whatever I'm going to do for God, I got to do it now. Yes, 
Because tomorrow ain't promised to me. Come on now. And then after all, he gave me the power to have dominion. Oh, what? He gave you the power to be to be able to rule? Come on now. He gave us the power to be able to rule, and we can't manage the little small stuff we go through. Come on now. We can't manage the uh, differences of opinion. When he gave you a mind and a heart and the authority to rule, you ought to be able to rule over small matters. Amen. Go to Matthew 25. In the verses 14. Oh, yeah. We had a good one right here. Everybody there? Verses 14, probably down through 30. And it said, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them. Wait a minute. He called his who? He called his own servant, the one that he shedded his blood for. Uh-oh. And he delivered unto them his goods, not your goods. Am I right about that? And the 15th verse says, And unto one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. He gave you what you could handle. Come on now. But you know what? It's bad that God give you what you can handle, but you get you get all messed up in the head because God didn't give you what somebody else has got. God didn't give you a high enough position or a high enough uh, ability to do something that God know that you wasn't capable of doing. God knows what each and every person has the capability of getting done. Just do what God gives you to do. After he gave them their talents, he took his journey. You know what he's saying? I didn't stay there to babysit you. I gave you a job to do, and I gave you the ability to do it, and I did not hang around to babysit you. He went on about his business, and he expected us to take care of his business while he was gone. Come on now. 
there to be like Jesus, then you know that I'm supposed to be about my father's business. Better be about the business of God if you plan on living with God. Come on now. 16 verse says, Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same and made them more five talents. Now, when you look at what it, this, this, this is saying, it, it pretty much possibly is talking about putting uh, money to the exchange. But the one that he gave five talents to, he doubled up. Am I right? So read on. Likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. He doubled up, right? But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants coming and reckoned with them. The one that he gave talent didn't do nothing. Hid it. Sit on it like a hen on the egg. Come on, somebody. In other words, you can typify this and keep on putting it off. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll get it done later. No urgency about God's business. Hmm? So, See what God did about that. 20 verse says, And he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest thou unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And his Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful who? Thou good and Faithful servant. Thou has been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into. Lord have mercy. You ain't going in if you ain't did what you're supposed to do. You ain't going in if you haven't been faithful. Come on somebody. You ain't going in if you haven't did what God put your hands to do. Amen. You see how that we can get lazy and miss glory. We can get lazy and miss entering in to the joy of the Lord. Am I right? So we found out what happened with the man with the five talents, right? Read the next verse. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. The Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. 
enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So guess what? The reward is the same. You just do what you're supposed to do. In the kingdom of God, there is no big eyes and little you's. Because you ain't on center stage don't mean that you ain't got nothing to do. Come on, somebody. Amen. If you're going you to be a police of the parking lot, be the best police on the parking lot you can be. Because guess what? You ain't doing it for yourself. You're doing it for God. Come on now. The reward is the same. There is no small eternal life and a large eternal life. It's just eternal life. Can, can, can y'all understand that? It's just eternal life. Amen. So just because something is small to you, guess what? You better do it with your whole heart. Amen. Because God is not looking at you for the size of the job. He's looking at you for the success of the job. Are you going to be successful in doing what God has put your hands to do? Hmm. Are you going to do like this last one we've been talking about? Let's talk about him for a minute. 24 verse 8. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee. Reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not sown. Look here. You know what this, this verse here typifies? Y'all coming up with a whole bunch of excuses. Huh? Coming up with excuses of why you didn't do what you should have done. Typically, putting it off on somebody else. 25th verse says, And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent. Lo, thou. What are you afraid for? And God then gave you the ability to do it. What are you afraid of? And you've been created. In his image and in his likeness. There's no fear in God. Come on now. So why are you so fearful about the job? It was just a bunch of excuses. But we're going to find out that excuses don't fly with God. Let's read it. Thou wicked and what, what kind of servant? What kind of servant was he? And slow fall. My God, you and I cannot afford not to be on fire. If you and I practice not being on fire, we gonna turn into lazy servants. And if we turn into lazy servants, 
guess what? There is a penalty and a price for our laziness. We get here when we want them. <coughs> Come on now. We ain't got no set time. They'll see me when they see me. But God see you all the way. Come on now. Read the book. Twenty-seven. Thou all therefore have put my money to the exchanger, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it to him which have ten talents, and unto one that had shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that had not shall be taken away, even that which he had. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping. Woo, cast him out into hell. Because he didn't do with what God gave him to do with. He didn't have any pressure on him. He didn't have but one talent. All he had to do was double that one. Just get one. All he had to do, Lamar, was just get one. But because he didn't have some grandiose job to do, he decided he wasn't going to do nothing. <laughs> so he decided that he was going to be a Wicked and slow for certain. You gonna mean to tell me with what God didn't bless you to do, and you gonna go and hide it? Wow! Wow! Preachers, if God didn't gave you the ability to preach, you better preach. If you ain't got to do nothing but stand in front of your mirror and start preaching to yourself, you better preach until God gives you something else to do. Come on, somebody. Amen. Deacon, if God give you the ability to be a deacon, you better deacon until you can't deacon no more. Amen. Because you're supposed to be able to handle the affairs of the church. Come on now. Ramon, run that tape deck till you run the ink off of it. Amen. Till you say, Lord, I need something new because I didn't use this one up. Come on now. We, as stewards of God, supposed to be a well-oiled machine. We supposed to be clicking on every cylinder. That's when the Holy Ghost come in. Uh, when the church is clicking on every cylinder like God wanted to do, 
That's when the anointing is more powerful in the house. Come on, somebody. That's when we get our help. Come on now. But then you part of the machine, but you don't want to be, you don't want to be that well-oiled machine because you ain't got no big job to do. So what do you do? You go and you sit down on They didn't call my name, Sister Turner. Come on now. Everybody wants somebody to pat them on their back instead of doing what God said do and get your joy from God. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You ain't doing it to man. You're doing it for God. Ain't nobody got to pat you on your back. Come on now. <laughs> he don't do nothing. He didn't give me. Uh, can, I, can I say it like I want I ain't gonna do nothing. They didn't give me no key. <laughs> Stay on the job till somebody open the door. Come on, somebody. Because nine times out of ten, the ones that get the key, you still ain't gonna do nothing. Amen. So that you can get in the church and get in your favorite seat and, and get nothing done. Come on, somebody. So the one that had the one talent. All he had to do was double up on what God had gave him to done. Give God some return. What kind of return is God getting out of your life? Come on, somebody. <coughs> what is God getting back? Somebody tell me. Amen. This parable of talent speaks of personal preparation and faithful service to the master. These talents probably represented a large amount of money, but because they were made profitable based on their ability, he didn't ask you to do no more than you could. Amen. So don't be like the unfaithful servant. Come up with a whole bunch of excuses. Because that's what he gave God. A bunch of excuses and got thrown in the hell. Amen. Excuses 
it's not going to fly. Because God already know what you're capable of getting done. Amen. Why? Because he built you. Come on now. It's time out for you thinking that uh, there's stuff in the kingdom that is too small and unimportant. Be faithful in whatever God entrusts. You know what it's about? It's what God entrusts in you. Come on now. It's what God entrusts in you. If God entrusts, if God come and speak to me, James, and entrusted me to go around and pick up every piece of paper in the house of God. Boy, you ought to be down there picking up every scrap of piece. Yeah. And guess what? You ain't got no trash bag to pick up in Because this is what God told me. Next, because you ain't did what you're supposed to do first. You got your own agenda. Ah, go to First Corinthians. <coughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stay in your own lane. Absolutely. Amen. Me. Absolutely. And that's the problem we have. Staying in our own lane. Come on, somebody. And since she brought that up, staying in your own lane, the pastor, pastor, ain't no pastors out there. The pastor is up here. He's not out in the pews. If pastoring is not your job, shut your mouth. Come on, somebody. If God gave you the pastor, you couldn't pastor your way out of wet paper sack. Come on now. Stay 
in your life. God got a job for you to do, but you need to find out the job that God wants you to do and not what Rosetta got to do. Like I told you, the church, the house of God, is supposed to be like a well or machine. Every part is working his part. Uh, have you ever seen a have you ever seen a car, the transmission go and take the place of the motor? Huh? Come on now. That's gonna be one backwards car. Amen. So you got to make sure you do what's assigned to your hand to do and do it well. Come on now. If I'm assigned to pass out track, I'm going to be the track is passing out person that is. Come on now. First verse said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 said, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the ministry of God. Now wait a minute. Here, Paul is telling you that you have got to reverence the job that God has given me to do. And to account our ministry as the ministers of Christ. Come on now. I can't tell Paul how to minister what God had put in his hand to do. Huh? But guess what? I need to be found going by what God has gave Paul to do because God made him a steward over the mysteries of God. Ah, the mysteries of God. See, you know, but you don't know. <laughs> did, did, did you hear me? You know, but then you don't know. You may know words, but you don't know mysteries. And God gives the mysteries of them that has been accounted as worthy stewards of the ministry of Jesus Christ. See, it's all about Jesus Christ. We done got too busy infusing other stuff in here when it's about the gospel. Come on, somebody. It ain't about you. Who are you? Huh? God said, we just like a blade of grass. We here today and burn up tomorrow. Come on now. So who are you? But I can tell you who you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be stewards. Of God's inheritance. Come on now. We're supposed to be servants. To the master. 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And stewards who can trust him. Uh-huh. Of the history, being the secret purposes of God. Mm-hmm. Secret. Secret purposes. God don't just give that out to anybody. <laughs> Do y'all hear that? God just don't give that out to everybody. You can read this book front to back if it's a, if it's a mysteries in here. God is not gonna just give it out to anybody. You can read over, trip over, you can do a whole lot of things, but you'll never know what the mysteries of Christ is unless He reveal it. Amen. So let's not get the big head of our reading. Come on now. If God set this thing up for the ministers of Christ, the good stewards of Christ, come on somebody, the apostles are the ministers of Christ, it is for them to convey the mysteries to you. I don't know about you, there's been some time I read this book and then I turn around and find it, go back over the same thing. Oh, that's just like out of the chapter that we just came out of. It didn't dawn on me that the man that had the one talent was full of excuses. Amen. He didn't do what God told him to do. But then he gave God a bunch of excuses as to why he didn't do it. Now that tells us that excuses before God will get you thrown in hell just like anything else. That's right. Amen. Verse 2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards. That a man be found, be found what? Faithful. It is a requirement, saints, that we be found faithful. Oh, not do it when you want to do it. Huh? Being found faithful in me, you got to put God's work before your work. You got to put what God has for you to do before you do what you think you need to do. Come on, somebody. Hmm. Stewardship can be defined as utilizing and managing all resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. Stewardship is managing everything God brings into a believer's life in a manner that honors God and impact eternity. That honors God. What are you doing that honors God? What are you doing that is impacting eternity? Is your day-to-day -day activities more important to you 
than what God has assigned you. Now, if God ain't assigned you to do nothing, you need to be asking him why. Uh-huh. If God hadn't assigned you to do nothing, or if you ain't got nothing to do in the kingdom, maybe you need to ask God why. It might just be that God is saying, I have not found you faithful. Amen. If what you are doing or not doing in the kingdom don't bring God honor, your work is in vain. Stewardship begins and ends with the understanding of God's ownership of all. God owns everything. Even that little regular house you live in, he owns it too. They built it out of his trees. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You don't own nothing. It belongs to God. Amen. Christian stewardship refers to the responsibility of using wisely the gifts that God has given them to work for the kingdom. It's bad when God gives you a gift in the kingdom and then you let the gift swell your head instead of staying humble and a wise servant under God. Ain't nobody preach like me. Come on, somebody. Can't nobody sing the month like I can sing. <laughs> and Lamont, you know I can't hit a note out of a bucket. <laughs> Come on now. Keep your head out of the game. Your head will mess you up. Amen. So, Christian stewardship refer to responsibilities and using your gift wisely that God has given you to work in the. It's all about the kingdom of God. If what you're doing, people, is not about the kingdom of God, you're wasting all of your time in the wrong places. Whether it's witnessing, handing out tracts, cleaning the church, working in the kitchen, cutting the grass, help keeping up the facility. Come on, somebody. Helping the pastor. Come on now. Put a little paint on the wall. Huh? We still got to keep up the house of God to the service of God. Amen. But those duties don't put you on center stage. So you don't care to do them. You don't care 